Welcome to Light Warrior Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Karen Can, the number one best-selling author of Guide to Healing Chronic Pain, a Holistic Approach, Evolutionary Healer, Navigating the Clickety-Clack, How to Have a Peace-Filled Life in a Seemingly Toxic World, and most recently, this month, um, number one international bestseller of Sensitivity is Your Superpower, where you learn how to harness your sensitivity as a gift and turn it into a superpower. So if you're a sensitive soul, um, you can get my free Sensitive Soul Empowerment Guide. I'd love to give you, I love freebies. So <laughs> go ahead and go to sensitivesoulguide.com and you can learn the three ways of navigating your way to experiencing more peace, positivity, and personal power. So you can have the life of your dreams and fulfill your mission because here at Light Warrior Radio, my passion is to help you shine your light. So together we can pull the world out of darkness. So thank you so much for being here and sharing your time and energy with me and um uh, if you love what you hear, by the way, please subscribe to this podcast and feel free to share it with others. So this week, uh, Sheila Seppi is joining me on the show today, and we're super excited about this because in Tupacan Healing, which is the method that I um, teach and train in the Academy of Light Medicine, um, we talk about um, issues related and symptoms related to a walk-in process, which we'll define in a moment, um, and, um, you know, the different kind of soul types, and in my book, Sensitivity is Your Superpower, I talk about the different um, kinds of what we call volunteers. Dolores Cannon, in her book, Three Waves of Volunteers, talked about the different kinds of souls, some of them from off-world, uh, that have uh, manifested into a human body in this timeline um, to evolve themselves, to evolve us, humanity, so it's actually a really, really exciting time. So I'd love to share with you, my audience, you know, just some really great resources where you can, um, you know, read and look up and, and really get a handle on uh, what's going on in the world and who are you, because that's the most important thing for us to know who we really are. Um, so let me tell you a little bit more. So uh, Sheila is a soul exchange walk-in herself who entered into a body as an awakened multidimensional soul. Um, her entire life instantly changed when she found herself a stranger in a new body on a planet with a pre-existing family. Um, you know, and throughout the, the ages across the world, innumerable spiritual explorers, I can't say that fast, innumerable spiritual explorers have stated that our souls are eternal and grow through the experiences oh. they accrue in ongoing sequence of incarnations. Um, the soul, a persistent conscious essence, will take one form after another to fulfill a given purpose each time and thus contribute to a collective evolution of the conscious spiritual essence of existence. The natal soul, the original soul to a body, becomes anchored into the body at birth and typically experiences a wide range of emotions and life stages till death. But for various reasons, one soul may make an agreement with another to trade forms. So that's where this whole walking concept comes in. We're going to be talking about today. And uh, when we think about this in the, the full human context, we call these people walk-ins and um, you know, not all souls need to undergo the birth, adolescence, and adult phases, which is a brand new concept to some people for sure. They never heard about the whole idea of walk-ins. Um, and so that's why we have our guest today, Sheila Seppi, and you can visit her at SheilaSeppi.com or get a copy of her book, Walk-ins, The Cosmology of the Soul, on Amazon or on her webpage. Let me spell that webpage for you, S-H-E-I-L-A-S. E-P-P-I, so SheilaSeppi.com. And without further ado, welcome, Sheila, to the show. I'm so excited you're here. Hi. Thank you. Thanks so much for the invitation. You know, it's really funny because you're saying a lot of people um, 
aren't very aware of walk-ins, and I was one of those people. <laughs> I oh, never yeah, me heard. too, me too. I'd yeah. never even heard of a walk-in before it happened to me, and if it hadn't have happened to me, I don't think I would have believed it um, back then. Mm. But yep, um, me too. about 20 years ago, um, 21, 22 years ago, I found that I was a very sick person, and in my early 30s, and well, actually started in my 20s, I was told that I had the potential of brain tumors, fibromyalgia, MS, yep, yep. Um, all kinds of, you know, neurological and uh, autoimmune diseases. And in my 30s, I was diagnosed with bone cancer. And then wow. later, again, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue. I had migraines every day. I had sarcoidosis, erythema nodosum. I walked with a cane. And in essence, I was a wreck. I was a total mm-hmm. train wreck. My health was a wreck. My uh, life was a wreck, and um, obviously my soul had cried out for some assistance because I went to bed on the night of September 22nd, 1999. I was a very sick person, and about 7 o'clock the next morning, I sat bolt right up in bed. It felt like lightning was running through my body, and I was in white space. And eventually the peripheral vision started to come in and then my frontal vision. And as I find myself in my bedroom, sitting up in the bed, I'm like, what the heck just happened? (laughs) And as I looked around, everything was the same, but everything was different. And when I got Mm. out of bed and my feet were on the carpet, I'm like, ooh, what's this gushy? You know, and then I walked by (laughs) and I saw my reflection in the mirror. And I just stood there and looked at myself for a long time because of course, it was me looking back at me, but it wasn't me. I felt totally mm-hmm. different. And over the course of the next um, actually couple of days, all of my illnesses went away, just gone. <gasps> and it was a struggle for me to start. Oh they were gone, absolutely gone. Um, also, my memory was gone. And that was really scary. And I honestly thought I was having a psychotic break. So... Um, I kind of kept a lot of this to myself. I could, I could remember certain events in time with my children. I was a mother of three, or am a mother of three, and, um, but I couldn't remember a lot of details. And so I was really concerned. I thought, oh, God, the illness has finally taken its toll. It must be in my head. Da, da, da. So I started going back to doctors, and I, that's when <laughs> I found out I didn't have any of the symptoms anymore. It was absolutely phenomenal. And then... Wow. It was also phenomenal because all of a sudden I started hearing things, started seeing things. I started knowing information that I'd never studied about or believed in. Um, I was clairvoyant and clairsentient and clairaudient. I had this gift of discernment. I knew these universal truths and I, I had no foundation for that. So it just blew my mind. So I literally thought I was having a psychotic break. So within three months, I had left the marriage, and within another three months, I moved to another state, and that's where I found my first spiritual teacher who happened to be of Hopi lineage. She herself was a walk-in, and she recognized all the signs that I was going through and all the symptoms that I was exhibiting. And honestly, had it not been for her, I I think I would have checked myself into a mental institution (laughs) because it totally blew me apart. It rocked my world. And, you know, I started understanding healing techniques, number one, that I didn't believe in because I was totally Western medicine because of all the health issues I had at the time. I was very religious 
And now all of a sudden spirituality and all these spiritual truths were flooding through me. And I had memories, you know, about universal truths. And I'm like, how, how do I know this stuff? Mm. How do I know it? And uh, fortunately, I was in a group of women called a circle. It was a spiritual women's group that Jeremy was holding. And these women literally held my hand. They helped nurture me and my children through this. Um, entire process because it was truly something that just just blew me away and until Jeremy I had never heard the words walk in I can remember when uh, someone was talking to me about Shirley McLean's book and also about the stranger among us that oh you need to read these books and I, I was so limited in my belief system I just thought you know what this is just fantasy this is fantasy but now I look at those as like, man, this could have been a roadmap for me. What, you know, but that's, <laughs> that's kind of where I was at the time. So it, it was a, a pretty unique situation. And um, I ended up having to tell my mom just several years ago that I was a walk-in because she sat me down and she goes, you know, honey, I think you need to go to the doctor. You're exhibiting early signs of Alzheimer's. You don't remember anything. You don't remember mm -hmm. people you went to school with. You don't remember family members. And I'm like, well, I have a good explanation for that. So I'm glad we're sitting down. <laughs> but, you know, right. How did she take it? She took it really well. She um, huh. First thing out of her mouth was like, oh, my God, that makes so much sense. And then her next thing was, does that mean I'm not your mom? And I'm like, oh, no, you're still my mom, just to a new and improved version. <laughs> it was, you know, it's, it's really cute now because I didn't tell my dad until the book was ready to come out. And, um, but it's really cute now because they'll be talking about something and they'll stop and it's like, now, do you remember who that person is? Now, do you, you know, and it's so sweet. You know, because even though they don't really understand or agree with a lot of the things I've shared with them, they're super right. supportive. And, you know, I couldn't Aww. ask for anything more. <laughs> oh, that's good. I'm I'm so actually relieved to, to hear that because um, I think there's a lot of times where some of the our human pain comes from just our loved ones just not getting us, you know. <laughs> right. Like not understanding our, our path. Well, you know, I have to say for us you know, the walk-ins that, that, uh, that, you know, I've met and, and been working with, um, your story of just having that transformation and also all the illnesses going away. Um, I think there's quite a few that would prefer that. So <laughs> now some people mm -hmm. do not have that happen, uh, but they're still walk-ins and, uh, that whole thing where you were talking about the fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome, like all these things. I mean, that happened to me too, prior to the walk-in, it was like the the, some, some sort of preparation of some sort um, to get to that stage. Um, so maybe we can back up a little bit and share with folks, um, you know, a little bit more detail about why does a walk-in occur and is this some sort of agreement uh, prior to incarnation that this happens? I believe that it is. And of course, you know, a walk-in is when a soul agrees to switch places with another soul in a particular point in time. Now there's different types of walk-ins, which I'll talk about in just a minute, but uh, there is a pre-birth agreement where both souls sit down and make this agreement 
that one will carry on to a certain point and then the other soul will come in. Uh, there's other reasons um, that walk-ins will come in too. And sometimes, like I think in my case, it was because of all the trauma. That was the pivotal point that, you know, the, the mental trauma, the, the physical trauma, everything that was associated with it. And the soul was just like, hey, I'm out of here. And I'll talk a little bit um, about that in a minute too. But once this agreement is made, there has to be some type of an event that occurs. And sometimes it's the result of an accident. People um, may have a severe automobile accident. They may actually have near-death experience. They may fall and hit their head. In the case of my teacher, she was five years old, was trying to climb up in a barn to find her Christmas presents because she was just a <laughs> They were in the barn loft, and the ladder went straight back and crushed her skull. And mm. so uh, she came in as a result of that. Um, but there can also be trauma, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual trauma. People can have an illness or a prolonged illness. Or the other thing is they can actually die or have a near-death experience. But depending on the walk-in's mission, they might take on the personality of the previous soul in part, in whole, or even not at all. But there are several different scenarios for that. So one could be that a walk-in retains all of the memories and all of the behaviors of the previous soul. And I have heard of several walk-ins who have shared that they you know, they remembered everything. It's just all of a sudden things were different. The other mm. thing is a walk-in can retain some of the memories or it may not retain any of the memories. Wow. And so it just depends. Um, one of the things that I learned through my guided meditations and working with my spirit guides is after I became a walk-in, I'm like, okay, I got it. Now I'm a walk-in. I agree I'm a walk-in. I take this on as a mission. But I just got to know, you know, what happened? What happened to the other soul? Where, did I, where was I and all these types of things? And I've come to find out through not just my spirit guides, but also through working with uh, Barbara Lamb through hypnosis and some other mm -hmm. people. Um, and I also am a QHHT practitioner with Dolores Cannon's work. And so um, I've had that type of uh, work done as well. But one of the things that I discovered is that prior to my incarnation, that I was part of a collective. And this collective was surrounding the planet because we heard a call. Just like in Dolores Cannon's book where she said, Gaia sends out and there's waves of volunteers that come mm. in and our collective moved to the earth in the late 80s, and I was part of a multi-dimensional um, collective in my multi-dimensional self as well as with others. And so um, my guides, in order to help me understand all of these things, gave me a couple teachings. And of course, the first was that, you know, everything starts with source. Take your arms out, Make a big circle with your fingers, touch it, and everything inside of that is source energy. And source will manifest itself in a variety of different ways for a variety of different experiences. And as that um, fractalization, and not mm -hmm. to uh, mean that that fractalization is less than, but um, when that's fractalized, 
Some of those fractals become universes, some become planets, some become souls. And those individual fractals, I was told, is called the Shantias Khan. And the Shantias Khan is what a lot of people tend to think of as the oversoul, but that's the container that holds all of our thoughts and all of our memories from each and every lifetime that we've had. And mm-hmm. as we incarnate, I saw the Shantias Khan as this swirling mixture of light, sound, frequency, um, very diamondesque, very misty-like. And as a soul incarnates, just a tiny portion of that comes down. And that portion that's still attached to Pantheus Khan is called the higher self. And the action of it coming down and surrounding the body as well as inside is the spirit. But when that spirit attaches to the physical body, that's what's called soul. And mm-hmm. from there, um, going back to the Shantias Khan, when our Shantias Khan resonates with a certain frequency, we attract like frequencies to us. And that would be considered our soul family. And mm-hmm. the soul family itself has a vibration of synergy. And that begins to attract other soul families. And that's what becomes the soul group. And so these are teachings that came to me um, from my guides. And so I'm like, okay, so then what happens when we drop our robe? And that's what I was taught. The word for death in the Native American tradition is you drop your robe because this is Ooh, a I like that. suit of clothing that we're wearing right now. And so what happens is all of the information of that soul begins to unwind and retract up into the spirit, which retracts into the higher self, which retracts into the Shantias Khan. And then it is there um, and available whenever it's time for another incarnation. But as that soul information is retracting, then that spiritual essence is undergoing uh, um, our soul review. And so if there has been um, a lot of trauma in that lifetime, they may undergo some type of a healing with light and frequency and sound. They may rest. Um, before they reincarnate again. And so these are all teachings that then came to me um, from my guide. And it really helped me because I really couldn't, um, I really just couldn't understand all of it. And the next thing was that I started talking to him about, I'm like, okay, so one soul out, one soul in, I've got that. Um, And so initially I was concerned um, because it's like, when the body was infused with this new soul, what happened with all the energetic bodies? What happened to the Mm -hmm. chakras? And in my case, I was fortunate that there had been kind of some hard wiring put in place so that when this soul came in, it couldn't instantaneously heal the body and the mind, but it didn't have to fry the systems. But it took Mm. me about a year before everything was commonplace, where I was very lucid, where I was able to um, articulate myself again uh, without stopping in the middle of a sentence and saying, oh, wait a minute, what's going on here? Um, (laughs) And having those little freak out moments, you know? And so a lot of that had to do with the cellular memory and implant uh, imprinting. And so Mm. my guides also shared with me that whenever a walk-in is coming in, they begin to also work on the energetic bodies and all of the etheric bodies. 
because that etheric template, which is the closest to the body and then again on the exterior of our spiritual body, that is already imprinted with the old soul's programming for this lifetime. And so everything has to be very gently loosened. If it can Mm. be upgraded, they try to upgrade it. But when you have a soul exchange, which is what I am, everything has to be shifted out. And so that took place um, even as I was integrating into the body. And so that, you know, for a while, I was really um, not the most lucid person in the world. But I'm very fortunate that I did have basic life skills. Because in the book I wrote, Walk-In's Cosmology to the Soul, I interviewed tons of people. And some of the people told me they had no life skills. One lady's guides had to help her. They okay, you have to get out of bed. You have to dress your children. You have to pack them lunch. You have to put them in the car and drive them to school. And she received very in-depth, detailed, step-by-step instructions from her guides on how to be a human. Another Mm. woman told me that they had come in and they resided in the body. There was two souls, which is called a braid. There were two souls in the body and she was there for about a year in an observation mode so that she Mm -hmm. could learn about how to be this person she was about to um, become. Then in the case um, of some people, they have what's called a soul infusion. And the soul infusion is really interesting because it's like the soul goes all the way back up through the higher self, reaches in to the Shantiyas Khan and pulls down higher essences of themselves and brings that into being. The other type of walk-in that we have is called an overlay. And that's where a soul is intended to stay in the body, but it's weak, it's damaged, it's, you know, just really tired, another soul will come in and kind of act as a battery charger. And it will help this soul to come back to health, to back on mission. It may even stay around to help them with certain projects. And then it either melts with that soul and becomes one soul, or it extracts itself and leaves the the soul intact and then there's what's called a jumper and these are really really interesting because jumpers could be wanderer souls that go throughout the universe that are on experiential missions or they're on missions like they come in to help someone have scientific ideas or ecological ideas or they come in to bring in a new healing modality And they will come into a body. All of these are up on agreement. They'll come into a body and they will stay until a particular project is taken care of or the person goes through a traumatic event and then they leave. And then another type of walk-in, which I find totally fascinating, it's called called the multidimensional layering. And what that means is when the Shantius Khan decides which aspects are going to incarnate, there's like, say, six, let's use for an example, there's six six different aspects that come in. And at different times in the life, one aspect will come to the forefront, and then it will go back. 
And so <laughs> it's like we bring these uh, maybe expertise or it is a soul that says, gosh, I need to have a certain experience, but I don't need to go through the birth and I don't need to really be a soul exchange. I just want to be an observer, but I want to experience compassion. And so mm -hmm. scenarios are set up where that aspect gets to experience compassion. Once it has this experience, then it recedes into the background, but it never leaves the body. And so I was so fascinating. Um, it was so fascinating to me as I talked to all these people because they just had so many um, experiences that were similar to mine, but very different. And then I started realizing pretty soon, it's like, you know, there has to be different types of walk-ins because I didn't experience any of these things and they didn't experience any of mine, yet their experiences as real and true to them as is to me. But one uh -huh. thing that we all do have in common is that strong sense of mission. And we've got that drive. Now, for me, when I came in, I believe I brought in and have been told that I have brought in more of those Arcturian um, attributes, the kind of let's go, let's get it done, let's move forward. We've got this to be taken care of. There are no roadblocks. There's only more opportunities. Let's just go. And that's oh, kind is that of my the energy? personality. That's interesting. Uh -huh. I'll tell you a story you later, but go ahead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we may be sisters. You never know. <laughs> that's right. There's so, there's so much out there. You know, when we're here on this planet, we think that the world kind of evolves around us, our families, our, our little community, um, our little tribe that we've created. Um, and sometimes we get lost in that and we actually think that we're human. But I, you know, and I know, and you know, and I'm sure that the readers or your listeners uh, know as well that we're actually souls in a body having a human experience. And I think that's beautiful because we've all made this commitment to come and to be on this planet at this time. Right. Yeah, exactly. And it's interesting, the different varieties, uh, you know, soul exchanges that you've described. Um, so many of them have been, you know, in terms of when I've been working with people, you know, one-on-one -on -one or mini group healings or readings or whatever, that I've discovered multiple different kinds as well. Uh, so mm -hmm. they really kind of segue. Now, I, I have different terminology for that, some of them. Um, mm -hmm. But I think it's so amazing how similar you know, what you're talking about and, and you're interviewing all these different people uh, to what I've actually experienced as well, you know, working with people. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm just curious to, um, it, was there any point when you were interviewing all these people that you were like, no, I don't really think that's a real soul exchange of something else? Or was it really like yes. very clear to you? Yes, this is a soul exchange. It's a different experience, but it definitely is a soul exchange. Well, um, Yes. I mean, when I interviewed people, I realized that not everyone was a soul exchange, but they had different activities going on within their soul. And so that's when I started looking at, okay, well, this person's been infused. So I called it an infusion. There could be, you know, a different name out there, but the experiences that these people were having, they were the same person but they just had all of this new information, this new knowledge. They felt totally different. But there's a couple things, too. Sometimes people will be curious as to whether they're walking or not when they've had a systematic spiritual awakening. And mm. that can be very, very different. But it has a lot of the same attributes. Because sometimes 
people will say, gosh, you know, I had a kundalini awakening. Everything in my life changed. You know, my taste in clothes changed, my food, my lifestyle. I left my marriage. I got a new job. I moved all the way across country. <laughs> and it sounds very much like a walk-in. Yeah, but yeah. it was a kundalini awakening. And sometimes a kundalini awakening can occur as a result of a walk-in, but sometimes it occurs because this person has really done the work. They've put in that effort, um, and this is what occurs, or they have a spiritual awakening. A lot of times, uh, spiritual awakenings will emulate the same types of behaviors that a walk-in exhibits. But, you know, I've, I've really come to understand that, you know, this is just all kind of like labels and terminologies that we use to kind of keep things compartmentalized within mm. our own minds. Right. When in reality, we're all souls. We're all here to experience. You know, some of us just got here a little later than others. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's so interesting about, um, you know, that, that predetermination, that agreement. Um, I think what you call a soul infusion, I think I may have called a soul merger. Um, I'll, I'll give you the example, and then you can let me know whether it's similar or not. So I have a, a former patient who is very, what I would call, highly sensitive person. And when he was doing his uh, homework, if you will, you know, making sure that he was discerning and grounding and clearing what wasn't his, you know, he was thriving, he was doing great. But then what would happen is, you know, weeks would go by, he wouldn't make an appointment, uh, and then he would forget. And then his life would just go again. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. he was in difficulty, overwhelmed, feeling horrible, feeling everybody else's, you know, and that kept going over and over. So finally, and, and then he didn't take care of his physical body, like we had talked about. And uh, so he ended up uh, deciding to do like some sort of stomach stapling kind of surgery. And, um, you know, it wasn't something that I necessarily would think was necessary, but he felt like he really wanted to do it. And I was just like, hmm, interesting. You know, so I just kind of observed on the sidelines what happened. Now, he did have a complication and could have died, <laughs> but he survived. And what happened was, you know, he came back and, of course, he had lost all this weight because of the surgery, but his personality had changed. And, um, and uh, so when I did, you know, some the intuitive testing that I do, we found out there, there was another soul there. And what was really interesting was he's like, you know, I used to be really into, you know, my meat and potatoes and stuff like that. And he goes, you know, I have, I have no tolerance for beef and I just don't want to eat it. Right. So I did some testing and usually with allergies and intolerances, it's fairly, you know, with energy healing, fairly you know, easy to um, release those things and to reorganize the body. But the funny thing is, is when we were doing this reading with him, um, it was definitely the new soul, you know, that was, you know, merged with mm -hmm. him. That was him in the, sorry, it was him in a different reality where he was more like a yogi type person. Okay. In that other mm -hmm. uh, non-parallel or universe. So right. that soul came in. And <laughs> so this is the one case where I said, where I got the answer. No, you do not have permission to, uh, you know, to, to make him more tolerant of these foods that he wants to eat, that he used to love. And one was beer and alcohol because he over, well, in my estimation, overdrank, you know, overate, overdrank. And um, his physical body was not too happy about that. And so I did not get permission to <laughs> change his body so that it could then tolerate alcohol and, and beef. Mm. And so I had to tell him, said, look, 
you know, you're, the other version of you is here now, and you have a job to do, and you've been lagging. I didn't say it that like that, but, you know, <laughs> I said it nicely. But I said, right. hey, look, you've, you've been lagging, okay? So now you have this soul merger with this other version of you, wants to light a fire under you, and no, you, can, you know, if you're going to drink, you're going to get, if you're going to eat beef, you're going to get sick. That's just the way it is right now, so deal with it, you know? <laughs> right, yeah. So literally, he needed a literal, like, kick in the butt. But we needed this, he needed the surgery to be an almost dying, you know, to that degree in order to facilitate this uh, other soul merging with him. So just curious as to your take on that scenario. Did he retain all of his memories? In this case, I believe he did. He just had different preferences. Like he just seemed more kind of calm. Like he didn't seem to like things didn't bother him as much this before mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and and then you know i think i only saw him once after this whole thing happened and then you know i didn't see him again he wasn't one to necessarily stick to the program but i didn't see him again i'd made changes in my office so i never really saw him after that again um but i thought that was pretty interesting how you know he used to go you know go to the bar and you know every week and you know mm-hmm. do all the you know, drinking and and it was just like he couldn't like he was trying to repeat those patterns in the past, like just as of a habit, but it mm-hmm. just wasn't going that well. So I'm not even sure how, you know, how he's doing right now, but I thought that was very, very interesting that I did not get permission to make him more tolerant of these foods that he wanted to, at least like in his left brain, wanted to, to be tolerant of. Right. Right. I mean, it very well could have been a merger. Um, you know, it could also have been a total soul exchange because some soul exchanges retain 100% of their memories. Mm-hmm. Like I, 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 for me, I think I retained most of it. I mean, there's certain things my mom said that I used to, I said to her in the past, which she got, of course, she remembers. And mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. I'm like, hmm, don't remember that at all, but okay, if you say so. You know what I mean? Like, because I realized right. after my walk-in experience, I feel differently about my family. I, it's not that I don't love them, but I love them right. without that codependency that I used to love them with. Yes. Now it's more than yes. I love them as a soul. I let them go. I let them on their journey. I support them and love them in a more healthy way than I ever did before my soul exchange. Yes. That sounds awesome. Awesome. <laughs> so why is it that um, people, I'm not, I'm going to use the word need in quotes, but why is it that humans quote unquote need sometimes to be really sick or have a dramatic event in order for these soul exchanges to occur? Honestly, I think that because we have these, um, our birth plans that, the the body is setting up the scenario to bring about that soul exchange because I think that there could be a couple different places in our life that the new soul could come in. But uh, like in my case, illness had to be there. In other mm. people's case, they underwent a traumatic illness. In one case, a gentleman uh, was so grief stricken that he just literally gave up. In some cases, um, it people uh, the soul exchanges will happen um, when they have an automobile accident. And like the gentleman you said, this gentleman was under anesthesia, and yep. so you know our body mind is kind of altered during those times, making it easy. But I really believe that a scenario is set up 
in order for the walk-in to come because it's not like a hostile takeover. You know, it's not like <laughs> life is good and you're going down the road and everything is fine and bam, somebody tries to come into your body. It's not like that. Every person that I know has either been ill, had a surgery, was near death experience or actually died. They had traumatic things going on in their lives. Some were being, um, you know, physically and sexually abused and, um, you know, the soul just needed to, to leave. And so everyone, everyone has their own story, but I've never met anyone that says, gosh, you know, I was just hop, skipping and jumping and I was in meditation and doing my, doing my practice or I was out jogging and a new soul came in. Everyone <laughs> that I know had something going on in their life. Ah, okay. Yeah, that's key. That's very interesting. Um, have you ever had, Sheila, the um, experience or, or talk with someone with the experience where one soul leaves and oftentimes due to trauma, things like that, and the new soul does not come in for a while? And because I know one other teacher, Ruth Rendley, that I had interviewed in a multiple souls book has met some people like that. And um, in some cases, she's had to facilitate, you know, the... Um, infusion, if you will, of, of the mm-hmm. soul for that person. Just curious, um, do, have you ever had someone have something like that happen to them in your perception? I've never met anyone whose soul left and there was nothing there for a while before a mm-hmm. new soul came in. It was everyone that I've interviewed, it's just been bam. You know, it just okay. happened. And um, it may be that I just haven't, you know, interviewed those types of uh, soul um, experiencers yet. So um, I'm sure that they're out there, but I just haven't, I just haven't run across it, but you know what? Anything is possible. (laughs) You know, absolutely anything, but you know, in my understanding, um, once the, the baby is born, once it takes its first breath, that soul will, kind of lock in there now it can still travel and because it's attached with the silver cord you know up until two or three years and then it's like bam it really solidifies Mm. but with a the case of a walk-in that cord has to be loosened before that new one can take place and Mm. I don't know how um, a body functions because it's like the soul gives the animation the, yeah, I don't understand that body. either. Um, I mean, I've tested definitely that it exists, the phenomena that exists. Um, mm-hmm. Not any of my clients specific, well, sort of, um, not yet client, um, <laughs> where, <laughs> where a soul has left and yet they're still animating the body. And I'm like, how the heck are they doing that? You know, uh, where well, the, the new soul is not fully even there. Like I, I, there's no soul being tested in that space. Um, and, and even some of our political leaders are soulless and, um, and I don't mean that as a bad thing or, or that they're bad right. people or anything like that, but that to me, my personal perception, it could be completely wrong, is that if the soul is not occupying the body, there can be other energies that are at risk of occupying the body for you. That <laughs> like is your door very open. correct. <laughs> and, and, and yeah. you're in a rich neighborhood, the door is open and it's like you're asking for somebody to rob you, you know, just right. not 
protecting your stuff. So anyway, I, that again, that's just right. my limited perception, but just would love to know yours on it. Yeah, I, um, I can give one example of a young man whose appendix ruptured and he had peritonitis, was rushed into surgery. While he was in surgery, this exchange took place. And when he was tested, was told that only 13% of the original soul had remained in the body. And so maybe what happens is there's a lot of soul loss. And of course, you know, in, in shamanic practices, then we uh-huh. practice soul retrieval to bring those fractal aspects back. But it yeah, could like be that, that there's such a great amount of soul loss that there's just enough. I don't know what percentage that would be, but that there's just enough soul. Because remember, we come in from a much larger aspect. Our souls are so large that I, you know, we just, we can't even really wrap our brains around how large it is. And the fact that not only are you and I having this conversation here, we could be having a conversation in another dimension. We could be a multidimensional aspect. We could be a future aspect of ourselves that came into our bodies. There, this universe is so fascinating to me, so fascinating. And we are just such a small part of it. There's so much yet that I need to learn. And of course, you know, the more that I learn, the more I know I don't know anything. <laughs> you know, it's like, wow, I never thought of that. Or yeah, yeah, memory. I know that feeling. <laughs> you know? <laughs> There's so much out there. Right. And, and you know, thank the, you for going through that anatomy of the soul uh, earlier as well, because a lot of people had questions related to that. And one of the uh, additional questions related to that is, you know, when you were talking about the, you know, in the, in the bigger, you know, in the bigger picture and having that repository of memories and everything that happens and people, I mean, refer to that as Akashic Records. Um, and I don't personally, but uh, then, then they're like, well, gee, if this fractal or this aspect is manifested in this body and timeline, what about all the other bodies we have in all the other timelines? Aren't they like in the now? <laughs> like, aren't they like, he, like, you know, not, not, there's no time. So how does that all mm-hmm. work in your perception? Uh, yes. At once. Uh, yes. I love to talk about this. <laughs> because, <laughs> um, within Because remember the Shintius Khan is so big. So let's imagine that the bathtub is the Shantius Khan, it's our container, and we fill that bathtub up, okay? What's in there are all of our soul experiences. So there is no time. So let's take a little Dixie cup and dip a little bit of that water out. The Dixie cup is the container for that aspect of the soul. Look how many Dixie cups we could get out of that bathtub of water. Mm. And so we can be having multiple experiences in multiple dimensions, on multiple universes, in multiple galaxies, on other planets, all at the same time. We can be a dimensional being. We can be an interdimensional being, you know, uh, in our same dimension and extra dimensional outside of our dimension. We could be an inner earth being or an interplanetary being from someplace else. Our soul really has no limits because we are part of source. And we are a reflection of source. We are a divine spark. So there's absolutely nothing that we cannot accomplish if we put our minds to it. Um, Before I forget, I would like to share 
that on January the 8th, 9th, and 10th, we're going to have the first ever walk-in conference put on by walk-ins, um, and it's Walk-Ins, the Cosmology of the Soul. It's going to be hosted through Portal to Ascension, and right now, until Christmas, the early bird special is only $55 for the three days, and after that, it'll be 88 but you can watch this anytime, multiple times in perpetuity, and there's going to be 22 individuals on there sharing about their soul experiences, and so if there's any listeners that still have questions, you know, maybe they would resonate with one of these speakers. We have uh, Barbara Lamb and Rebecca Hardcastle-Wright. We've got Mary Rodwell, um, Marilyn Harper, Hildegard uh, Minor. We have Emily Living Soul, Jacqueline Smith, Dylan Cusco, Robert McMahon, Nicole Richmond, N. Don Clark, uh, Yvonne Perry, and people may have heard of a lot of these individuals. Uh-huh. My teacher will be on there, Jeremy Lecron. Uh, Andrea Pierin, um, who's written multiple books, uh, Darlene Vandegrift, Gail Mack, Maya Mart- uh, Nartumid, Rob Gauthier, who's also a channel, Maya Cristobal, and then our MCs will be Neil Gar and Alan Steinfeld. And so this will be three days that people will just hear experience after experience after experience. And maybe, just maybe, they'll resonate with one of them and say, that's my story. That's my story. Fantastic. Well, thanks for letting us know about that. Um, So where can they find information about this online conference? They can go to my website at Mm SheilaSeppi.com. They can also go to Portal to Ascension, and they can either go to Facebook or they can go to the PortalToAscension.org website. And uh-huh. they will learn. Work. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it, it's going to be phenomenal. And I just feel so blessed that, you know, all of these wonderful people have come together and we're volunteering our time to really try to educate people because part of my mission is to be a way shower. And um, when I'm not doing that type of work, then I have a wellness center in Eagle Vale where we work with people every day. And interesting enough, when I was first, uh, when I first moved to Colorado, which is where I am now, uh, spirit told, because I was doing spiritual teachings, I was doing some Reiki, intuitive work with people, and spirit very clearly told me people cannot drop into the essence of their soul when they're in pain. And Mm. so I sat with that. And all of a sudden, all of these doors started opening for me to learn these new modalities. And now I have a wellness center and we work with people every day to help them get out of pain and talk with them about, you know, the emotional components that cause the pain. Talk to them about the spiritual aspects of what's going on in their life. And um, I'm so pleased to say that we have been able to help thousands of people um, since we've since we've been offering this kind of work. So, you know, that's another part of my mission, but that's something that came just a little bit later. later. And I didn't realize when I was told I was to be a way shower, it was not just the spiritual aspects, but it was also on the physical aspects. And so if people are curious about that, they could visit the work website 
at spiritwaywellness.com. Oh, very cool. Very cool. So um, for the folks that are in my Light Warrior Network tribe on uh, currently on Facebook, um, I will put in for the walk-in three-day conference on there. And Thank then you. if you currently are, you're welcome um, on Black Talk Radio chat. I'll also put that in the chat right now for folks that are mm-hmm. listening on the chat. And if, and if you have a question for Sheila right now, the number to call in is 818-514-1190. Hit one so we know you have a question. Again, 818-514-1190 and hit one. Thank you. Okay, so Sheila, one of the questions that um, has come up in the past is, um, you know, is there a maximum number of walk-ins somebody might experience, uh, you know, <laughs> that they, they uh, have a sense that, uh, let's just say they're calling themselves a revolving door. So I'm just curious as to, you know, what your experience is with, with folks uh, on the number of walk-ins. You know, I don't know if there is a limit as to the number of walk-ins. You'd think we'd get pretty full inside, but, you know, because it's etheric. Yeah, it's also etheric uh, in nature. I have no no clue, but when that happens, that could be that they're receiving multiple jumpers and that they Mm -hmm. have, you know, they have offered themselves. It's like, okay, I'm going down to Mission Earth, and when I get there, I'm going to be a conduit for others to come and experience. And that could be their whole life mission is to just serve as that conduit. Um, it could mm-hmm. also be that this person is a multiple, um, multi-layered, multi-dimensional aspect of themselves and that multiple aspects came in. In the case of one of our uh, speakers and one of the ladies that's in the book, she, her story tells that first she had a complete soul exchange. And then later, after her soul was healed, it came back into the body. That soul left. Then she brought it, started bringing in multiple dimensional aspects of herself. And so she has had multiple experiences. And then we have two of the ladies that will be speaking. Um, this is a, another totally different subject, but um, they are hybrid. And they mm-hmm. have had multiple, multiple walk-ins. Uh, from different planets, and they're aware of what's happening. And they said that can be pretty difficult. And, you know, as far as the walk-ins go, I think I have the charmed life (laughs) of a (laughs) walk-in because, you know, yes, I didn't have all the memories, but I think in some ways that could have been good, you know. And at first when I didn't, when I first didn't have them, I thought, oh, yeah, I've got selective memory. I've had trauma. I've blocked it out. But, no, it's just that I, I didn't really need that information. I just mm. didn't need it because I was making yep. room for healing to occur. Yep. And I was also <laughs> making room for new memories to come in. Yes. Yes. And then that's funny because I kind of joke about it sometimes is like, you know, not just my mom saying, well, did you remember when you said this? And, and usually it's something negative supposedly that I did in the past. Yeah. And I, of course, don't remember, um, <laughs> you know, there were times where, you know, um, I'll be just like, I'll look back and I'm like, nope, that didn't make it to the new memory bank. Oh, you know, I was like, okay. Right. And when I went for my, this is so funny, when I went for my 20th uh, anniversary for my medical school class, I knew everyone's faces, but honest to God, I had to look at the school pictures Mm -hmm. to remember their names. Like not all of them, some of them I did, but I I remember their first name, not their last name. And I was like, I know he's in my class and I'm going to be 
seeing him in two days and I have no idea what to call him. Right. So I had to yep. look it up and memorize <laughs> some of these names. And what am I going to say? Hi, I'm a walk in and, and uh, we've met, but we haven't really met, you know, like, how are you? You know what I mean? So I'm I just, right. <laughs> and yeah. then, and then the people that I was really, really close to um, it's, I don't feel the same way. Like it's right. um, like, I'm like, they're good people, you know, but I was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know? Right. Well, I'm not and, and, and I had that too. Yeah. Mm. I had that too. And um, you know, I had an immediate love for my children and for my parents and everyone else was kind of like an acquaintance as mm-hmm. they came into my life. And yeah, it was yeah. really, really interesting, but you know, I, at first I was just like beating myself up over it, you know, until I really realized I was a walk-in and I was integrating and blah, blah. But um, because it was like, wow, how could I not remember these people? But then I found out that those people now are really not that involved in my life. And mm-hmm. so I think for me, spirit was just clearing the space mm-hmm. for me to mm-hmm. be able to then walk into my life's mission that I, you know, agreed to undertake and that obstacles in my life were removed. And I just yep. didn't need that information. I just didn't need it anymore. And it sounds like you're the same. It sounds like you're the same. And so it's like all the work you're doing is just phenomenal. So good for you. <laughs> Thank you, Sheila. Thank you. You know, I, like I said, I kind of joke about it now, uh, just about it. But yeah, there was a t- period of time. I was just very curious. It's like, huh, I think about this person. I used to be really attached to them. And I used to, you know, when I rescued their lives and all this kind of stuff. And now I'm just kind of very neutral, uh, which is, I think, yeah. healthier. Because I was, I was, I used to be the codependent child, you know, poster child for codependency. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to be like, codependency, here's Karen's picture, right? You know, like that. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so I, I've, um, yeah, I've been, you know, a lot of that has healed, uh, and it's been so much easier thanks to the, to the walk-in. And, and uh, what's also curious is my, I have multiple souls and one of my souls, um, had experiences in the other realities as a pure light being. So no body. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do find that those that incarnate into a human body sometimes have challenges with that high vibrational you know um, yes. field of light they literally like burn the physical body circuit the nervous system so I, I see trends of these light beings so I needed that experience to help these other people but the other soul um, has been embodied um, more times one is a, a it's a angel merged with a Lemurian so I call myself alien so half mm-hmm. embodied alien half angel soul merged into one um, and I thought mm-hmm. that was very curious because some of the people that I work with are like, oh, we haven't really seen people, a lot of people with merged souls like yours. That's kind of interesting. So I have two separate souls and one is emerged for two. And that does not include the, what I, what you call soul fusions, what I call soul mergers of my other mm-hmm. versions of me. <laughs> right. And so that space. Right. So you brought in multiple uh, multidimensional aspects of yourself. So cool. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So now cool. we do have some we do have some questions, Sheila. So um, okay. what I'm going to do with the callers again, if you are wanting um, some uh, support and had some comments and questions for Sheila, the number to call in is 1190. Hit one, see your hand is up. So I'm going to unmute the first person. I'm going to say your area code, your phone area code. Uh, please give us your first name and then just uh, share with us your questions. So I'm going to unmute 
Let's see here. Uh, area code 301. So 301. Hi, who's this? Hello, we can hear you. Area code 301. You had your hand up? Any questions? Is that me? Yes, it's you. <laughs> oh, I can't believe it. <laughs> yes, I have. Um, <laughs> this is so fascinating. I just love it. Um, I've been told that, oh, by the way, my first name is Alice. Thank you, um, I've been told that I have had two walk-ins, and I'm wondering, as Sheila was talking, I had a very bad fall in January on a driveway. My crockpot went into a million pieces, broke into a million pieces, and they called the uh, ambulance and checked me out, and and, um, uh, so I didn't go to the hospital. But I had big goose eggs on my head, probably about three or four of them, and I just have not felt the same all year. And I don't think it's just the virus. And I was doing a lot of healing work for many years. And I don't even feel like doing that anymore. And anyhow, I was just curious what Sheila, if she can pick anything up that, that I've had another walk-in in January. So you felt you had a walk-in prior to January? Well, yes. I was told when I was about six years old that oh, I had a walk-in um, uh, then because my mother did not have a high enough vibe, or my vibration was too high for my mom, that mm. I would have died or she would have died or whatever. And so I was supposed to have had a walk-in around six years old. And then another one, I don't know, middle age maybe. But anyhow, as she was talking about falling and different things like that, I wondered mm. if maybe I had another walking because I just feel so different. Um, just just not myself. Well, it's very possible that you had another walk-in um, because as we've been talking, you know, a lot of times walk-ins will come in as a result of accidents. And so, um, I always tell people the, the best thing to do is to try to just drop inside of yourself and, you know, go into a quiet space and begin to talk to that other aspect because so many times they're just waiting. Um, they have so much information to share. But a lot of times when we, when we have that um, total personality change, an immediate lifestyle change, um, yes, it sounds like it could be a walk-in. I got goosebumps when you talked about me going deep within and trying to talk to that that aspect. Yeah. Mm. Got Great <laughs> advice. So there's <laughs> your verification. <laughs> yeah. All yeah. right. Well, thank you so much for your question. Thank you so much. Take care. Pleasure, Alice. Okay, so I'm going to unmute the next person. Area code, let me take a look here. Area code 320. So area code 320. Hi, Dr. K. and Sheila. This is Lois. Hey, Lois. Hi. I just have a question. Um, with the walk-ins, or, you know, I also have more than one soul, I think. 
do they ever change their mind after they make an agreement and and so they keep wanting to leave the body but yet they have this agreement that they're supposed to be here and do this work um i've been i've been dealing with health issues for many years but the last 5 years have been um significant so i'm i'm just trying to uh Getting getting better, but trying to figure out what's going on here. Well, many people have told me that they have experienced multiple souls at the same time. And when a particular soul came in, that um, their health started to deteriorate. Whereas in my case, everything was better. But in their case, their health started to deteriorate because there was this internal battle going on because there is a you know on the other side we don't view things like we do here and so when we make these agreements I think what can happen is the other soul came in but your natal soul the one original to the body may have decided it didn't want to leave and so then there's this internal struggle going on and I know a lady who um, has been in that type of a conflict for, you know, several years. And it's, um, you know, it's kind of heart-wrenching to hear her talk about it sometime. But um, I hope that um, that's not your case. <laughs> I hope that your, that your health issues will get better. But I, I think that, um, in my opinion, because we have these agreements, if anyone is wanting to leave or not leave, it would be the natal soul, and maybe it's trying to push the walk-in out. Um, but sometimes, especially if that walk-in is a star being, they get to this planet and it's kind of like, what was I thinking? I want to get out of here. And they can't get out. And so that, that's a, the other flip side of it that you initially were talking about. Because I think this planet is beautiful and as wonderful it is, as it is can be very, very difficult for those aspects that are coming in or those beings that are coming in that are of a much higher vibration than, you know, what this planet can offer. Yeah, I know that okay. one, uh, the density and, um, you know, it's like, Oh, it's all love and light where we're from. Hey, we're going to go with down volunteer. You want to go down volunteer? Yeah, that sounds great. Right. <laughs> they go into my body and go, yeah. Oh shit. Can I go now? And I, Can I go now? I kind of right, regret that right. decision, you know. I'm making a joke, but, you know. <laughs> I think Lois knows what I'm talking I know Lois. Yeah. Knows, so I and I had worked with, like, my natal soul and, you know, and the other uh, multidimensional souls. And originally they didn't, they weren't compatible, and, I, and now I get that they are, but there still seems to be um, some issues. So maybe I need to address. Um, just accepting being here more. Um, mm. I'm not sure what the correct thing I have to address there because I know I've done some with that. But um, okay, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Thank Good you, luck. Lois. Yeah, Lo- Lois is an amazing person. She just keeps at it, keeps working, keeps asking questions, discovering amazing, fascinating things, and. And, you know, I, I think there, I don't know about you, Sheila, but I think sometimes as humans, we have this mythology or uh, belief that 
that in our human life, we're supposed to fix everything and we are supposed to be perfectly happy and figure everything out. And, you know, but I think there's some of us that come that uh, it's a process and that, um, that sometimes the experience we're supposed to have, which we may or may not be allowed to know precisely is uh, actually not necessarily uh, because everything's perfect we don't grow and evolve and and so sometimes yeah some of us get difficult assignments so people like Lois I said well you know you've done easy in other timelines so (laughs) so you picked a hard assignment in this in this timeline so uh, I don't know if you feel you know similarly at all um, with regards to certain people Mm -hmm. it can be that's a tough one (laughs) yeah um, when when we deal with multiple timelines, um, sometimes those timelines are beginning to merge, and the mm-hmm. energy of those timelines then are more streamlined into our now. And yep. when all that information comes in, I, man, it can be overwhelming sometimes. Yep, that's exactly what we've been, you know, testing and experiencing. At least, you know, my conversations with Source and. The guidance coming in is, I call it the the um, timeline convergence, but it's like we're at the same time able to, quote unquote, heal and evolve all mm-hmm. timelines simultaneously easier than we've ever had, at least in this timeline, um, the ability to do. And, uh, and people, I find highly sensitive people, especially people like Lois, can sense and literally feel in their bodies because they're so clairsentient whatever mm-hmm. else is going on in multiple timelines at once. And, and if you're feeling 500 other people and what's going on in their timelines, that can be pretty darn overwhelming. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, we have uh, Julia here on the chat. Um, she says that she's had, um, her life has had a lot of trauma. She's been told uh, years ago that she, her soul was from the angelic realm. So it always made her wonder. And she was wondering if, uh, you know, you do any soul typing or anything like that um, on the radio show, I, I didn't say you did, but just in case she wanted to know whether you, that's something you could sense in her remotely or anything like that. A lot of times I can sense that. Um, it's, it's not something that I do on a regular basis, however. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah, she didn't have any other symptoms that she shared, just that her life has had a lot of trauma. Uh, I just wrote in the chat that, you know, it's probably likely, you know, if she, if she was told she was from the angelic realm and she resonates with that, I had that curiosity and I wouldn't be surprised if she was. So, um, so Julia, just, right. just so you know, that, that is something that, you know, I teach and do. Um, and, um, uh, but, uh, you know, I think the information that um, Sheila is sharing with us today is really, really important and to, to really take it as a whole, you know, in terms of that, that soul, anatomy we, uh, we talked about earlier and um, yeah and it's possible you, you Julia you may have had you know a soul infusion or a soul exchange or something like that as well so but you can look up uh, SheilaSeppi.com and uh, see if it resonates with you to to you know get a consult or you know check in with Sheila to see if there's anything that she can do to help you okay so last call for questions in the chat or phone, the number is 818-514-1190 and hit one within the next two minutes. <laughs> if you want like some uh, uh, one-on-one um, support, so 818-514-1190 and hit one. So, so far, don't have anyone else with their hand up. Um, but Sheila, would, uh, thank you, first of all, for sharing with us that there is going to be a three-day uh, 
conference, online conference about walk-ins. I just want to just reiterate that for folks that came on late. It is Friday, January 8th through Sunday, January 10th. And there is an early bird registration going on right now. It's $55 for the whole free day online conference. Uh, and then uh, after the, the 25th, it's going to go up to, I think you said $88, is that right? Yes. 88. Yes. But yeah, we like our repeating numbers. So yeah, so 55 yes. to 80. <laughs> yes. Yep. And so I'm going to post that in the Light Warrior Network group after the show, just so you know where it is. And I think that if you have any questions about walk-ins, or you're pretty sure you're a walk-in, this would be a really great conference too. And then um, if you'd like to connect with Sheila, you can go to SheilaSepi.com. And uh, that's S-H-E-I-L-A-S-E-P-P-I dot com and then connect with Sheila there. Okay, let me just check. Um, I do have a question. Okay. So okay. last question. So area code two four eight. Hi, who's this? Dr. Karen? Yes. Hello. Hi, this is Sky. Hi Sky. How are you doing? Thank you for this show, Sheila and Dr. Karen. Oh. This is so interesting to me. Um, so this is my question. Um, I am a uh, starseed. Um, I've been working with Dr. Karen. Related to this walk-in thing, um, business, um, if, if, if it would be for your highest good to have a walk-in come in and help, is that permissible to ask for, or is that something that's hmm, negotiated? <laughs> Outside. You know, that that is an awesome question because when I – um, was integrating and talking uh, with one of my friends. They're like, man, I wish I was a walk-in, da, 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 da. And I started meditating and things on that. Now, what came for me, and this may be different for you, but I was mm -hmm. told that walk-ins only occur as a, um, it's a, it's in the birth plan, first off, that it's already a pre-agreement before the birth of the natal soul or there's such an extreme situation that the soul needs to get out of and the new soul can kind of come in instantaneously. Um, I don't, I've, and I'm not aware, but again, we're talking spirit and anything is possible. But right. um, I'm not aware of a walk-in being able to happen as a result of requesting one. I do know hmm. that our guides and our angels and our teachers are there and ready and waiting to help us anytime. And all we have to do is ask. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. This is just so interesting. And since I've been um, um, told of what my soul type is, I've, I've just been um, just getting, trying to get more and more information about all of it. And um, I just found this show really great. So thank you. Yeah, you're welcome, Sky. Thanks for your question. Yeah, thank and you. I think that was a great one. Yeah, that was a really great question. I think that, you know, although, you know, the whole con 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 that's not container, sorry, the whole concept of uh lost my English there. Um of, you know, you know, Sky saying or not saying, but thinking, Okay, well, you know, can we have a soul exchange? Um, I think the other part of that question is really, uh, can we infuse, I guess we'll use your terminology or merge my terminology, aspects mm -hmm. of ourselves that may help us support us without that prenatal contract? Uh, my experience is a yes, um, uh, but sometimes you have to be very specific, you know, <laughs> what yes. it is yes. and who it is. 
that that you're wishing to merge. So just curious whether you are in agreement with that or is your experience different? I, I do agree with that. And, and I also see that as still working within our own um, soul, working with our higher self, especially at this day and time, you know, more and more people's vibration is higher and higher and mm-hmm. they're able to bring in and to hold more and more light. So Sky, it might be a great idea to try to connect in with the higher self and um, ask for that infusion, some more support from your original Shantias Khan or your Oversoul so that you can get the things that you need. Yeah, that's great. By the way, someone's asking, how do you spell Shantias Khan? <laughs> okay. I don't know. Here we go. It is S-H-E-A-N-T-I-S. K-A-A-N. Wow. Okay. That wasn't even close to what I was thinking. (laughs) So let me repeat that. Uh, S-H-E-A, correct? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. And is that Uh all one word? It is. Okay. Yeah. I just put that into uh, DuckDuckGo and didn't really get anything, but it's probably in your book. No, so. <laughs> you're, not, you're not going to because okay. I was told that this, this was a word that they used for me. And they said that in a past life that I had been a native person and mm-hmm. that part of my job as the medicine person was bringing in the souls of infants and helping people to um, be able to leave. And so Love it. Um, the word that I used was the Shantias Khan. And so I think they gave something to me that would resonate with my soul. Ah, okay. Got it. Got it. Thank you for that. Um, oh, somebody, did, well, I don't know if you have time, um, Sheila, but there's one other person who just raised their hand a minute or two ago. Would you be willing to do okay. one more? Um, yeah, I have, I'll be honest with you. I have about a group of 20 people waiting on me. Um, oh, no. <laughs> we're, getting ready, we're getting ready to do a winter solstice meditation oh, and to that. bring in some of the new energies. Um, and so I've, and I've got callers on Zoom waiting. So oh, I do yeah. So we're waiting over time. Yeah. Well, so the person um, who's area code 540, if you want to connect with Sheila through her website, that would be the best way to do that. Mm. Sheila, thank you so yeah. much for this awesome interview. Oh. We had such a blast. People are saying thank you, thank you, thank you. So, um, again, you can get on our website and on Amazon. Thank you. Bless you. And have a wonderful solstice celebration in 2021, Sheila and everyone. Bye for now. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.